0: Can you help me redefine Truth and preservation of our soul shine I can feel it yours and mine Close your eyes and witness it inside In your bones you will know Trust and let go All things in the name of love. This podcast was created by Dr. Erica Riesberg. The theme song, Rise Up for Love, was created and sung by Megan Moreau. Episode 2. Understanding Fear and Creating a Clear Spiritual Environment. This is a subtle truth. Whatever you love, you are. Rumi. By nature, at our core. We long for love and peace. Yet our beautiful brains have an old part that constantly tugs us away from that into a state of fear. It's called the amygdala. It is responsible for quote detecting fear and preparing for emergency events, unquote. Humans have two, one on either side of the brain. They're thought to be part of the limbic system. The amygdala is responsible for the perception of emotions such as anger, fear, and sadness, as well as the controlling of aggression. The amygdala helps to store memories of events and emotions so that an individual may be able to recognize similar events in the future. For example, if you have ever suffered a dog bite, then the amygdala may help in processing that event and therefore increase your fear or alertness around dogs. The size of the amygdala is positively correlated with increased aggression and physical behavior. The amygdala in humans also plays a role in sexual activity and libido or sex drive. It can change in size and shape based on the age, hormonal activity and the gender of the individual. For example, males who have low testosterone or who may have been castrated, had their testicles removed, tend to have smaller amygdalae and in turn may also have a lower sex drive. I share this because it's a part of the brain that's taken an outsized role in our lives in the 20th and 21st centuries, a time when we have more existential fears than a saber-toothed tiger chasing us. For me, my fears started early on. I was born with my right hip not being fully formed. By five months, I was in traction and about to have my hips manually repositioned then getting encased in a body cast for 18 months. Claustrophobia was a massive fear in an early age. So too was torture. Because when you're that little, you have no idea that anything that causes pain is for a greater long-term good. Now I know it has enabled me to walk normally, which is incredible, and I'm grateful for it. And I'm also aware of the fears that my amygdala happily programmed me with. I, until very recently, have had a fear that I'll never be safe. And with that as my introduction into my body, that makes sense. I'm a highly sensitive person. I've hidden and or denied that for years. Because, at least in American culture, being sensitive is being seen as a sign of weakness. I've always been drawn to nature and animals and gentle breezes, as those are what bring me peace. Those took a back seat to trying to fit in. And only over the past few years have I discovered how exhausting it is to try to deny my true self. Since my childhood, there's been a disturbing uptick in violence and fear-based reporting and programming that's gotten so pervasive it's been normalized. Violence and comedy is too much. Anyways, I remember seeing Star Wars when it first came out. I'd grown up with a mom who was a Star Trek fan, so this was an exciting event for us to go to. I loved the different beings and the excitement, but I didn't like the shooting and the battles. Back then, though, it was a device to move the plot forward. I dreamt about it for a while, and my subconscious cued into the action as a normal part of life. As I got older, I decided to study history, as I really liked learning about how we lived in different times. When I was getting my master's degree, I focused on revolutions because I wanted to understand what created the conditions that brought them about, and if any two were similar. Of course, my curiosity was marred by the violence inherent in such dramatic social shifts. The worst one by far was a book I read about the Cambodian Revolution. I wept and had nightmares for weeks. Throughout my 20s and 30s, I became increasingly withdrawn out of touch with my intuition because I felt so overwhelmed with the uptick in violence and didn't know how to cope. The first semester of my PhD pushed me into full shutdown. My professor, for some reason that I still can't guess, assigned to us an article which described in detail a violent medieval torture slash punishment. It affected me so profoundly, I still get sick when I think about it. When I graduated, my partner and I moved out to Washington State. In the course of six years, we lost three parents, the last of the grandparents, uncles, aunts, and ex-in-laws. In total, nine people transitioned. I lost it. I was emotionally untethered, and beat up my poor body with training for a triathlon so I wouldn't take my feelings out on anyone else. I was the most raw I've ever been. I moved back east for eight months to take care of my mom after my dad died and had to leave my job, my mate, and everything in a massive tidal wave of emotions. Saving mom worked, but it had a huge emotional toll to me. Eight months later, my beloved got transferred to Portland, and I flew out two weeks later to be with him. I knew I had to change something. I found some meditations one of which taught me how to forgive, and that helped me heal a lot of wounds. Then a few years after that, I was introduced to a woman who has become my spiritual mentor, Heather Christian Strang. Among the many gifts she's offered over the time I've worked with her, this is the one that led me on my journey of peace. After the Paris bombing three years ago, she led a meditation of peace. I listened to it, and I was sobbing at the end of it. I decided then that I would take a vow of peace. I had no idea what that meant. I had turned off cable in 1998, primarily to see if a former relationship could survive. It didn't, so I wasn't really exposed to television shows. I was reading the news a lot, and we watched a lot of movies, and all of my favorite authors wrote action books. I knew all that I had taken in up to that point was now off-limits. I also knew my soul simply couldn't handle ingesting any more violence. I had no idea what to read, watch, or even in some cases listen to for about six months. I meditated a lot and started journaling. I started paying attention to what was going on inside my head. I'm also very blessed to have an awesome library and two incredible bookstores that I started exploring. I changed my newsfeed on my phone and removed channels that brought me things that created fear, but no solutions. I found Hay House, which is a publishing giant that offers a wide range of uplifting authors. I found Uplift TV and Gaia, both of which offer films, documentaries, and classes with meaningful content. I've also taken courses with Mind Valley. Out of this vow of peace, I've been able to tune into my body more. What well, makes me feel good? How do I feel when I eat this? As I mentioned in the previous episode, food addictions are hard, and if you sit with yourself, you'll start to find out what emotions are hiding underneath them that need love. Oh yes, and sitting with myself. Wow. So when you turn off the TV and your phone, guess what? You get to have undistracted time with you! Ugh. Yeah, I totally get how scary this can sound and yet it's a critical step into turning back into that state of peace and love that you are at your core. In future episodes, I'll introduce you to some more tools I use. And for now, I'll wrap this up with this week's action item. Okay, you know what I did. Meditate. Turn off your phone or change your news feed. Don't worry, you will not miss out on the news. There are more people than you can count who are very happy to share the news with you. You won't miss anything. However, try this. If you ask them what the solution is to the problem they want to share with you, you'll find they won't do it as much. Okay, another suggestion. Watch a movie on Uplift or Gaia. Take a walk outside. Stand barefoot in the grass. Read a book that gets you excited about living and not filled with fear blow bubbles, do something that brings you joy, because you deserve to experience the love and peace that you are. That's it for now. Until next week, I bid you peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. A vision of our soul shine. I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside in your bones. You will know trust and let go and Let it flow.